All right, it is Monday. We are back. Another round of sports recapping the week of sports. Spencer Porter with Hank Bushell. Missed you last Monday because of fall break. And we're excited to be back. Crazy week of NFL football and college football. Uh, but it's now time to focus on NFL, of course. And uh, the last half of our episode today, of our hour, to talk about the NBA as that action will tip off tomorrow with the Lakers, Suns, Warriors, Nuggets. Uh, those four teams will be playing tomorrow. But got to recap the NFL. Uh, exciting week. This was week seven. You know, some some teams have played all seven, have had a few buys, so now it uh, looks a little confusing in the in the scheduling as you know, some teams lead their division uh, having played one more game or one less game, but that's how it is. We all watched on Thursday. It's been a few days now. We saw the Jaguars uh, beat the Saints 31-24, which really was a game where I, I just the Saints in the second half completed a lot of passes, moved the ball, but it just seemed like on third and eight, they got six yards. On third and four, they got two. And Derek Carr, just a hothead, frustrated with his play and also his receiver's play. A few times where Olave runs the wrong route, and then, I mean, you could reverse that example where Olave does his job and Derek Carr can't throw the ball uh, or just makes the wrong read. So the Saints have a lot of pieces. They're just not in the right position, uh, but they still have time to figure it out, have a very competitive division. And Jacksonville, I mean, is a top five AFC team. Trevor Lawrence hasn't been A+, plus, but hasn't been C-. minus. He's just played in that nice average a good game manager, and Travis Etienne has been one of the best backs in the league and had a big payday on Thursday night. Now to, you know, touching yesterday with the NFL action in those 11 a.m. games, at least for us here in Mountain Time, uh, the not game of the week, Vegas at Chicago, and Justin Fields and Jimmy Garoppolo both on the bench with injuries. We had a showdown of the oldie Brian Hoyer against the new kid, the D2 star, Tyson Bagent, and the Bears handled the Raiders 30-12. to uh, You know, Hank and I really did not watch much of this game. It was exciting to follow uh, Deontay Foreman, his stats throughout the game. He got the start at running back for the Bears, put up three touchdowns, and he had a crazy game. Um, good for him, but I just, the Raiders... They've just been a mess. Uh, when when something's going right, uh, you know, with McDaniel's, uh, with the players, the play call or the injuries, uh, it's just an unhealthy balance. Um, I, I know. What do you think, Hank? Like Josh Jacobs was a monster last year, and Devontae Adams is is Devontae's been amazing. What do you think is uh, the issue with the Raiders? Uh, the Raiders have been like this for a while, you know. Being a Broncos fan, I got to watch them at least twice a year. And they honestly have been kind of like this, even with their previous teams with Derek Carr. You feel like they always have the talent, but they just never put together a winning season. Um, I think McDaniels needs to be fired. Um, you know my opinion on him. He's I don't think he's the best head coach. Um, just makes dumb decisions. I think they didn't upgrade from quarterback um, or, like, degrade, really. It was honestly, like, 
kind of a same tier quarterback swap for Garoppolo replacing Carr. I don't know. They they just have a lot of internal problems. I think it starts from the organization and the coaching staff because it doesn't seem like their players are too happy to be there. Yeah, Josh Jacobs has been one of those kind of moody players, and he held out. You know, a lot not a lot of off season. Uh, attention or you know time spent with the program uh on campus you could say with the raiders uh, he had a great year last year but jacobs held out wanted to get more money get more attention and he really hasn't you know lived up to the expectations hasn't had crazy stat lines and has just been just been kind of another guy to get you know to get focused on that they want to you know they want him to have an amazing game, and just he hasn't done anything. Hunter Renfro's also, after the, his injury, uh, just has not done much. And, you know, Devontae Adams is is still frustrated. The only new news with Devontae Adams is his new Taco Bell commercial because he just hasn't been able to get going, mm-hmm. uh, which is sad because, I mean, I think, you know, he's, he's A+. Plus and they've paid him their money, and they know what he can do, and they just don't get him the ball enough. Uh, I mean, we we talk about the ego of, of some of these guys, Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, even Devontae. And Jamar Chase was one to echo that, you know, I, I'm open every bleep and play. But you watch the film and see what they can do. You know, sometimes even when they're covered or one-on-one, you still got to give them a chance and feed them the ball uh, instead of, you know, throwing it away and going to your wide receiver three. Uh, but, you know, enough talk about the Raiders and Bears. There's bigger fish to fry. And we go to probably... Probably the craziest, I mean, the shootout of the week. Shootout of week seven. The Browns beat the Indianapolis Colts 39-38. No Anthony, no Anthony Richardson and then no Deshaun Watson after a few drives as it just, the last few weeks, last few years, Deshaun Watson on and off the field just been a little bit of shambles. But they go with P.J. Walker and he gets him another win, uh, which has just been crazy. Gardner Minshew. Had two rushing touchdowns, also 305 passing yards. Played pretty well, uh, but you know the the Colts Browns was an exciting you know mess. A few few little mishaps, but overall some big plays uh, from you know Jerome Ford. His first touch of the game goes for 67 yards. Kareem Hunt finishes the game at running back for the Browns. He had two rushing touchdowns, and uh, as Ford got hurt, he uh, did his thing and. And P.J. Walker has been able to win, and you know, just a, a rare score. We even talked about this could be maybe be a scoregami, but 39-38 has actually happened three different times, so it was rare and surprising that uh, you know these two teams combined for almost 80 points. Mm-hmm. And, and like you know, Hank mentioned, he's a Broncos fan, and I'm a Patriots fan. It was a rare week for us; both our teams won, and you know, even add that to fantasy football and the Utes win over USC. Uh, a, a rare uh, trifecta uh, for us with, co- with college football, fantasy, and NFL. Great week of football in the Mojo Dojo Casa House. It, exactly. I mean, I don't know if it can continue, uh, but surprisingly it started as the Patriots beat uh, the Bills. The first home win at Gillette Stadium this year after the, the addition of the Lighthouse finally got a win. And beating the Bills 29-25. I thought initially the Patriots might just be able to, you know, hold it off. And then Josh Allen, uh, who's kind of 
The Bills kind of been hibernating, but a little sleepy in the first half. Had some better second halves, but they've been half, you know, been having to play from behind, especially in London. Uh, they had an amazing fourth quarter, but quarters one, two, and three dug them so deep of a hole they couldn't beat the Jaguars. And kind of happened yesterday. Josh Allen's first uh, pass attempt of the game was just a floated pick to Jabril Peppers, and uh, I mean it was one of the easiest interceptions of the year so far for anyone to bring down. Uh, but New England loses the lead uh, l late, but Mac Jones has his best game of the year, marches down the field and hits Mike Jacecki with 12 seconds left uh, on uh, goal, f first and goal from the one. And so uh, a crazy uh, back-and-forth uh, game, uh, but good for the Patriots. And just, I mean, we say this every week, but hard. it's impossible to bet on this league. It, anything can happen. Uh I mean, we don't we don't bet much. Maybe maybe a new strategy next year because yesterday was National Tight Ends Day. Maybe next year you just gotta bet that all the tight ends go crazy uh, on this made up holiday uh, because I mean it, it's a long list. Kyle Pitts did better than usual. Just like he scored a touchdown. More importantly, the two best tight ends in the league, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, just unreal days. They exploded. Uh, so. Uh, there's that, though. Jacecki gets in. Patriots with a late score. Beat the Bills 29-25. Rounding out, uh, there's a few more of those 11 a.m. games. Washington at New York. Always a fist fight between these two teams. And the Giants win it 14-7. With all of these storylines we've had, except talking about the Bills-Patriots game, backup quarterbacks continue to have a role and get the start. And Tyrod Taylor uh, did just enough. Uh, connected with Saquon Barkley on a big pass for a touchdown. And, I mean, one of the more underwhelming games, lots of punning, lots of little plays, good defense, and the Giants win that 14-7. to Sam Howell just been up and down. Uh, I mean, there's been talk about him maybe being benched. Uh, it's hard to decide. Uh I don't know, what were your thoughts on this game, Hank? you think the Giants can contend, maybe even sneaking out a wild card with Saquon back? I mean, the game was just a slugfest. Uh, three scoring plays in total for the whole game, which really low. But New York, I don't know, they're always one of those teams that plays up to their competition and down to their competition. Uh, like last week, they, you know, they were in the game versus the Bills and some would say they even deserve to win that game. But they just have a solid enough defense. Saquon will do his job. Whoever they have there under center is going to be a good enough game manager to win enough games. So I think they could sneak into the wild card spot, especially with um, the conference they're in or division they're in. It could happen again. I mean, three of the teams from that division last year made the playoffs. So, I mean, it's still early in the early in the year right now, so – it's easy to say this right now, but I could see them being a wild card. That NFC East, they just beat each other up. Uh, but uh, while they do that, they beat the rest of the NFC up. Gives them enough wins to, to compete. Uh, another divisional game, Atlanta traveled to Tampa Bay and snuck out the win. Young Ho Koo, another game-winning field goal uh, from his leg. And the Falcons win 16-13, to a big win. Uh, for Atlanta, Desmond Ritter, as of late, has been been putting up some solid performances. 
Uh, and, you know, you can't really fault Baker Mayfield too much. He's, he's hung in there, played great, and used his weapons. Mike Evans continues to be prolific. Uh, but, uh, I mean, a huge win. Like we said with those bye weeks, Falcons haven't had one, but Tampa Bay has. So Atlanta leads that division now at 4-3, and three, uh, but Tampa Bay is right behind them at 3-3. Three and three. So uh, to start things off, though, a big win. Atlanta's 2-0 in their division, uh, which is all you can ask for uh, at this point. Be interesting to see what happens. Bijan Robinson did not play. Banged up, uh, but Tyson Algier got those tough yards, and Kyle Pitts, you know, a little bit more love, a little bit more love to uh, one of the specimens in the league that uh, just he's he needs to get fed like a normal person instead of baby fed. But it's a it's a process uh, with that franchise. But head coach Arthur Smith's done a good job and a, a good win for the Falcons, which uh, I mean, the Saints are in the mix. But Atlanta, Tampa Bay, uh, as of right now, record rise so going toe to toe to win that division. And like last year. It's it's living up to to be similar to last year where there's just no shot two teams from that division can make the playoffs. Um, and then, uh, okay, this was our last 11 a.m. game. Oh, my goodness, what a surprise. The blowout uh, of Week 7. You know, if I would have told you the Ravens would have been up 28 nothing at halftime over the Lions, I mean, that would have been surprising. It had been a while since the Ravens had a home game. But Baltimore just plays some phenomenal ball. Lamar Jackson had the best quarterback performance of the week and has another you know MVP uh, resume building up. But the Ravens beat the Lions 38-6. to And I just, I mean, I mean the Lions 5-1 and one going into the game. Now they're 5-2. and two. That's still an amazing record. But the Ravens just offensively, defensively played amazing and a little sluggish for Detroit. Uh, are you still buying the Lions, Hank? And some have said, like, it, this was good for them to get killed. Do you know they can learn from this? Do you buy that as well? Um, I think that, yeah, definitely that plays like a fact. That's a mental thing. Like, you you get blown out like this, you get stomped, you know you're human. And you know that, like, every, you have to come every game with the same mentality. But I still buy in on the Lions. I still think that's a solid team. They got good coaching. Solid defense, efficient offense, but uh, the Ravens, I mean, they just matched up perfectly against them. Lamar was balling out there, and, I mean, I did. I, the Ravens were my pick out of the AFC North, so that that's not looking too bad right now. Yeah, I mean, Baltimore, they, they're at the top of the AFC. They can most definitely uh, make some noise happen and got a huge win. Um is it possible the Lions meet with the Ravens again? That would be in the Super Bowl. I don't think so, but it'd be exciting to have you know some some new faces uh, to have some Super Bowl experience. Uh, but for the Lions, they just got to learn as their young team, and for the Ravens, they just got to hold their breath that Lamar, you know, stays strong and still does his thing. Now to those afternoon games, the Steelers. The Steelers are four and two. How? <laughs> How? I don't know. Uh, T.J. Watt is just that good and Kenny Pickett is just that dull until he heaves it to George Pickens a few times and things happen they also got Deontay Johnson back which helped uh, but nonetheless wins a win four and two Steelers uh, beat the Rams 24-17 uh, 
L.A., I, I mean, they just don't score enough points. They don't, they don't really go three and out. They just get good yards, find themselves in no man's land, sometimes can kick a field goal, sometimes can't go for it or just punt. So they get yards. Puka Nakua, another monster game. It's crazy what this Utah kid's having of a season. Eight catches, 154 yards. Cooper Cup, seven targets, two receptions. Uh, just you know, shocking. Um, I don't. I mean, I. I don't. I'm not. <coughs> excuse me. Starting all over the place. But we're not in with the Rams. We don't know if he's actually 100% coming off. You know, last year's uh, tough road and being a little banged up with his hamstring to start off the season. But two catches, 29 yards for Cooper Cup, who, you know, two years ago was arguably the greatest receiver of all time. You know, the greatest receiver, greatest season ever for a receiver, you know, type of year. And uh, a little far from that right now. Uh, but the Rams, you know, that offense at any time can put together some great things. Uh, as, I mean, they're still just struggling to – contribute in the red zone and get to the red zone. They move the ball initially in their drives, um, but continue to lose close games. They are 3-4 and four on the year, 1-3 and three at home. Uh, it's interesting just how the road team uh, in L.A. shows up big. Steelers fans all over the place, one of the, one of the loyal fan bases uh, in our league. But, yeah, there's George Pickens, big play. Pickens, five receptions, 107 yards. And Kenny Pickett, to his credit, this this week just did not turn the ball over. And, I mean, that division also is stacked. But the Steelers just do their thing. I mean, they they beat the Ravens a few weeks ago in the most Steeler-Raven way. Uh, good for them. Maybe they can make a wild card, win their division. We'll have to see. Going west, Arizona at Seattle. A lot of divisional games this week. And Seattle... Uh, Held it down, beating the Cardinals 20-10. to The first game ever of DK Metcalf's career. He did not play, uh, recovering from a rib injury. They had to buy last week. You know, part of me thinks, uh, I mean, a few weeks ago, Detroit played, I want to say it was Arizona, and Amon Ross St. Brown probably could have gone, had an abdominal injury, and they chose to sit him. And I think it's kind of the same thing sitting DK Metcalf probably could have played, but they just trust that their team could beat the Cardinals without him, and so we'll go. We'll risk that so that they can be back better than ever, more healthier the following week. And so Geno Smith did his job, had a pick, and lost a fumble, uh, but game managed enough. And as we were prepping for the show, shocking to see the the only 100-yard rusher of the week, Kenneth Walker the third, 105 yards. Just not a not a week for the ground game. It appeared to be. Uh, I mean, there's all there was some big games. I mean, Deontay Foreman had three touchdowns. Travis Etienne on Thursday had a big game. And the greatest running back in the league plays tonight. So we'll have to see if Kenneth Walker III uh, is the only one uh, this week in a few hours. But Seattle wins 20-10. to 10. They can really sneak up on you. It just seems like location-wise, the Pacific Northwest uh, just gets forgotten about whether it's the Washington Huskies or Seattle. Uh, but, you know, they uh, they can creep in and make some noise, and they always play San Francisco tough. Denver had another home game at Mile High against Jordan Love, the former Utah State Aggie, and the Broncos edged one out. Will Lutz had a great game uh, 
uh, with field goals, and the Broncos won it 19-17. to I'll just turn the time over to Hank for his thoughts on the game. And, you know, 2-5, and five, uh, is that – do you want the Broncos to keep winning? Do you want to keep losing, or you just don't know? I'll tell you what, that was a big win for the program on Sunday. No, this is my philosophy as a fan is I'm never going to root for my team to lose. I think that is loser behavior. And I just, if I'm rooting for a team, no matter how they do, how they're doing in the season, they could be the worst team in the league, but I never want them to lose on purpose for a draft pick. I think that's one of the worst things in American sports. It's It sucks. It's terrible. But if we do lose with how the system is set up and we end up with a good draft pick, I'm not going to be bad. So this week we get the win, and I'm happy about it. I was ecstatic. Um, Russ is playing. I mean, he's playing just good enough to win games. The defense was looking better. Our offensive scheme has turned more into the run game, which I'm happy about. We have some great running backs. Uh, Green Bay definitely needs to figure out that offense because there's no way – that they should only be scoring 17 against that Denver defense. Uh, Jordan Love with some costly decisions down the stretch that really handed the game over to the Broncos. But, yeah, no, I'm always going to be happy when my Broncos win, and if we lose and that helps us get a better draft pick, then so be it. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Love a few weeks ago from that comeback win over the Falcons I was in a lot better state of mind than, than he is now. It's been a rough couple of weeks. And, you know, yeah, Will Lutz had a great game. And also Dustin Hopkins, probably the two, uh, two best kicker performances, Hopkins of the Browns, uh, that are a big part of why their team won. Some clutch play uh, from the special team uh, guys, the, the slender men that don't get a lot of credit, but they, they did a great job. And, I, you know, I love what you said. I mean, you think about it, the, the draft has its purpose. I mean, you've got to have it, but... If you take last in the NFL, you get the first-round draft pick. You take last in the English Premier League, well, you get relegated. You don't even stay in the league. Um, so it, just winning is what should matter. You know, we, there's a difference from the super fan of the Chiefs after they win the Super Bowl than the clown at the NFL draft repping the Bears that's excited they have the first-round draft pick. I mean, it transformed into becoming the Panthers. But... I mean, do you want to be on TV in May on ESPN flexing your team as the first-round draft pick, or you just want to, you know, be late February, mid-February celebrating your team won the Super Bowl? I mean, you you got to have fans for every circumstance, and we're grateful for those that attend the draft. But, I mean, you don't get the first-round draft pick from, you know, sucking. And, well, the NBA lottery makes it exciting because, you know, tanking doesn't – doesn't make it so you'll you're destined to get the first round draft pick but the nfl you know you have more control over that i think so at some point they'll switch the nfl to a lottery based system too so teams have some incentive not to try to lose every game especially this year where it's it seems like it's you know foreseeable without a doubt that caleb williams will go number one um but you know speaking of what you probably have to say the best qb in the world right now uh, Mahomes, uh, the Chiefs beat the Chargers 31-17. Really a tell of two halves <laughs> as the halftime score was an absolute shootout. 24-17, the Chiefs go uh, into the locker room uh, with the lead. And then 
get one more touchdown in the second half, and that's it. Thought it was going to be more of an exciting finish, but the defenses uh, really made some adjustments. I mean, second half, halftime adjustments, if you want to go the Bill Belichick way, are the most overrated thing because you just make an adjustment on the spot. You know, you get scored on in the middle of the first quarter. Well, you'll make an adjustment right there. You don't wait till halftime. Uh, but sometimes on paper, it just looks like that's what happened as there was only, you know, one touchdown scored uh, in the second half. But the Chiefs uh, do just enough and have the, the greatest tight end uh, in the league. Uh, current player, Travis Kelsey, had a monster game, uh, 179 yards receiving. Him and Mahomes just clicked so well. And, I mean, underrated, underrated, but Nicole Hardman is back with the offense, back with the team. Uh, they tried to get him involved, but, you know, he's he's got to get a few more days, a few more weeks to gel. But he could contribute, make some clutch catches uh, for the rest of the season, maybe in a in a couple of postseason games for them. He uh, had an electric punt return, um, but they're trying to really find out who their skills guys are besides Kelsey. He's the obvious. Uh, you know, even a, an an uneducated Swifty could tell that, but then you don't know who number two is going to be. But nonetheless, the Chiefs win. Even when they don't play great, they still seem to win, which is just such a bug. Uh, but they're, they're a solid team. And Sunday night, the Eagles beat the Dolphins 31-17. The tush push worked to perfection. I mean, you, just this, this drive... Uh, the last drive of the game for Philadelphia, it was just unbelievable. 13 plays, 83 yards, 6 minutes and 35 seconds. Just sucks the life out of you. Tua, no, just the Dolphins' offense was on the sideline forever, it felt like, and then had to come back in with just basically no time, down two possessions, and, you know, that's how that's how they do it. Um would you say, I don't know, Hank, you'd say Philly's the best NFC team right now, and and more importantly, was the Eagles uh, the uniforms of Week 7? No doubt. Those uniforms, pre- pretty sexy. But I still think we have to wait and see how San Fran bounces back tonight after that loss last week to crown who is the best team in the NFC. I just think Philly, they're just so big and physical, and they're just going to manhandle you like that's their game plan it's just it's tough to uh game plan around that when your team just isn't as strong or as big as these guys so i think philadelphia probably has the best scheme and uh overall best scheme and roster like just for what they're trying to do but i don't know san francisco when they're when they're healthy and they're clicking that that team is tough to beat well like a guy like fletcher cox man he's just Oh, he's old. He's a veteran. He's still a game wrecker. He's been amazing for them on the defensive line, and it's just crazy the apprentices that the Eagles have in Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Josh Sweat. And, I mean, they're ferocious on both sides of the ball. And also, I mean, we didn't pay any credit towards Miles Garrett. He's been amazing this year. Uh, you know, game wrecker, you, you I think a lot of times you try to advertise or convince that these guys are game wreckers, but T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, and Fred Warner of the 49ers, those three have just been uh, insane in these first six, seven weeks of the NFL season, uh, and they've been amazing. 
And, you know, touching on the 49ers, they are at Minnesota going to U.S. Bank Stadium in the Dome. That will start in just under two hours, 6.15 p.m. start, Mountain Time. It's on ABC and ESPN. Thanks to that rider strike, if, you know, that is a good thing. It's on ABC as well, not just ESPN. You can definitely be able to watch it. Um, Kirk Cousins is garbage in primetime. Uh, do you think that continues or somehow uh, he lights it up without Justin Jefferson and they can beat the, the Niners? Yeah, that uh, whole notion around Kirk has been kind of his downfall of the past couple of years. He's had a couple good games in primetime recently. But I think both teams having their wide receiver one option out is going to hurt both their offenses a little bit. I trust San Fran a little bit more. Um, you know, Minnesota's no easy place to play, but I think San Fran's just the better team, better defense too. And it's big for for Minnesota. I mean, they got to really get out of a hole that they put themselves in, have a disappointing record up to this point. But you just saw Green Bay and Detroit lose. Be big for them if they can pull off this upset. And even though Chicago won, I mean, it's still the Bears, the Vikings players and, and fans have no fear of the Bears. But still. If the Vikings lose this game, they're they're tied. Yeah, yeah. They're with the Bears. So Minnesota got to pull this one out. I don't see it happening. I think you could uh, see a Ray Ray McLeod punt return or just a defensive touchdown by San Francisco. They just got guys everywhere. You know, we, we focus so much on, on the people that touch the ball, uh, but Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are all over the field defensively, make so many tackles. And Trent Williams, uh, arguably the scariest man on any NFL roster, the left tackle for the 49ers. He's, he's wonderful. Uh, I mean, I'd love to be his teammate and would hate to be anything else, uh, especially DNs going against him. But that, that's really the, the week seven. I mean, we can, we can tease that Thursday night football, Tampa Bay at Buffalo, and both those teams coming off losses. Um, but we'll head to Orchard Park uh, for you know, the Amazon Prime video Thursday night. Both, both those offenses have been a little sluggish, uh, not as many points uh, as, you know, the month of September brought them. Uh, so I think it could be a shootout. You know, Baker Mayfield is uh, he's kind of he's a gamer. He does like the spotlight, the camera. And so, I mean, if you remember that primetime game where he learned the playbook on the, pl on the plane flight and led the Rams to a victory, uh, you know, he, he'll be prepared. He'll be ready to go. Uh, the Bills might have the better roster, but, you know, Tredarius White and uh, Milano, their linebacker, out for the season. They've had some really unfortunate defensive injuries uh, of guys that, you know, are key contributors. D DeMar Hamlin is not a key contributor. Um, not want, don't want to take away anything that's happened in his life, but Milano and White are guys that are just huge, huge contributors for them. They still got Von Miller, Teron Johnson, the Weber State Wildcat, and Jordan Poyer, uh, who making some great plays and kept them in the game yesterday. Uh, but that will be an interesting uh, game to see how it goes. Uh, 